here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. The Berg has a ton of food festivals, and their history is tied to the city's immigrant culture and neighborhoods. But why are they still so popular? Food historian Julia Hudson-Richards is with CityCast's Morgan Moody to help us find out. It's Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Elizabeth Kama, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. How did food festivals start in Pittsburgh? I, uh, a lot of them here are like a celebration of very specialized food. Right. And a lot of them really have their origins in sort of this long history of food festivals. And food festivals are older than I think we have written documentation for, if that makes sense. And as immigrants came into the greater Pittsburgh area, I think they bring their food traditions with them. And those food traditions become important identity anchors because you leave, say, Sicily and come to the United States and all of a sudden you're Italian or you leave Bavaria and all of a sudden you're German. And Mm -hmm. so I think they're very important for sort of grounding a person's identity in a new place. Is this something that's like unique to Pittsburgh? Because I know we are like a a foodie city and (laughs) certainly a very nostalgic city. But are other cities uh, celebrating cuisine the same way that we are? I don't know if they're doing it exactly the same way we are. I think in the last 50 years, and especially the last 25 years, I think cities and the businesses in cities have realized that tourism can really boost a city's sort of bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to bring people in is a food festival. And so um, I think Pittsburgh has a unique number of food festivals, especially if you expand it out to the sort of greater Pittsburgh area, uh, down to Washington County, up to Beaver and Butler County. You see a lot of sort of harvest festivals in those areas that are really longstanding. But if you look at the amount of money that modern cities rely on that come from tourism, then the food festivals make sense. It's uh, absolutely a post-industrial way for cities to keep attracting people in. Because how do you get people to come to your city versus going to New York or Chicago or Miami? Well, we say, well, come and do you like pickles? (laughs) We've got a whole festival around pickles. And in the last two or three years, we've seen people come from as far away as London. Uh, just to to experience Pickle Fest. And so that's one thing that I think that Pittsburgh has been very good at in their pivot toward service and tech and tourism is carving out our own unique identity that's very much rooted in the history of the city. You talked about them being um, moneymakers for the city. How many festivals, food festivals, do we have? And do you know how much money <laughs> they bring in? Like, do you, does, is there is there a way to quantify that? Um, I don't know. We, I just looked up the other day because I was thinking, well, I know four or five big fests. We have the pierogi festival. Uh, there's always a taco festival. Mm-hmm. I saw literally dozens of festivals in the greater Pittsburgh area. Uh, a lot of them are related um, to farming outside of the city. So you do like apple fests in the fall. Food festivals bring in a substantial portion of that six over six billion dollars in revenue for the city of Pittsburgh. 
Yeah. That's 2019 numbers. I haven't seen any more updated numbers for the tourist economy. Right. Right. We've obviously seen um, COVID is going to have a significant impact there. But what I think what they hope is we get people to come in for a food festival and maybe they see a game or they see a show or they go to the museums. And it's, you know, this sort of great way to attract people who may not be looking for, you know, well, what are the different art museums? If you type in art mm-hmm. museums, you're going to get the Met. You're going to get MoMA. And then you think, well, I've got to go to New York to see those things. But if I go to Picklesburg, I can spend a day at the Carnegie Museum or I can go to the Warhol. And so using that, um, I think that there is a very specific group of American tourists who hunt down food festivals. Yeah, uh, I may or may not be a part of that group. I, um <laughs> If, but, if you happen to stumble upon one, we'll oh, go. I, think I would definitely yeah. attend the food festival. But again, I think depending on the festival. So, you know, with all love and affection for Picklesburg, I'm not a huge, and I feel like I'm going to get really flamed saying this. I'm not a huge pickle fan. Like, I like pickles okay, but I'm not trying to eat pickle ice cream or drink pickle moonshine. But there no, that's are a lot fair. of people who really love it. <laughs> Yeah. What do you what do you think in your experience makes a good food festival? I definitely think the location, the space Mm. is really important. Um, Do you have uh, enough space for people? And that's something that we've seen with Picklesburg, because as it's grown, there's been some sort of reconsideration. How are we going to make this a much more friendly space? I think having a really interesting set of unifying themes, whether it's an individual food or it's a set of events that you want to promote. Uh, I think that, um, for example, the Barrel and Flow Fest, Mm. for example, because within the umbrella of food festivals, especially in Pittsburgh, you have to really focus on alcohol festivals as well, because we've got Mm. all sorts of different alcohol festivals in a very, very deep uh, brewing history in the city as well. And so tying it into something else as, you know, tying it into uh, a celebration of Black culture in Pittsburgh, tying it into a celebration of Latinx culture in Pittsburgh. I think if you can make those deep connections to members of the Pittsburgh community, you're going to bring in locals, but you're yeah. also going to bring in people from outside the city as well. So looking for those sort of multifaceted celebrations, I think, is for me really, really important. So because I want to learn something else about the place I'm, I'm visiting. Yeah. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com.
piggybacking off of exactly what you're saying, but also going back to the history of it all. Why do you think they've lasted uh, the way that they have, you know, food festivals? So when I talk to my students about the experience with food in general, I think it's one of those few unifying experiences. Everybody, everywhere, all the time has to eat. Mm. And food is an incredibly important part of community building, whether we're talking about religious communities or ethnic communities, communities who have relocated. Again, it brings us back to the immigrant history in Pittsburgh. It's such a central experience. It is a history that we all have a deep connection to. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that makes food festivals so absolutely crucial and important. It also is a great way for cultural reproduction, taking your children to a harvest festival, for example, ties you back to the generations of harvest festivals. Uh, Even if they're not sure of why they're going or what they're doing yet, as you do the task over and over, as you attend the festival over and over, then you start introducing things like, well, you know, when our family were farmers in Ireland or Germany, they would have these great food festivals. And this Mm -hmm. is why we like to do this. So I think that that in and of itself is important. I think in a post-COVID world, it's also an opportunity to just do stuff again. Um, Oftentimes it's outside, so people feel a little bit more comfortable. I also think that for Pittsburgh in particular, we are the center of what a lot of food activists call a food shed. And there's so much great local food and food production that more and more festivals have started focusing on that food production as well. Is and that, what, what does that mean? So shed? a food shed is a sort of uniform agricultural area. It doesn't necessarily correspond to state or local boundaries. So our food shed includes parts of northern Ohio, mm. uh, as well as northern West Virginia and western, Pencil- western to central Pennsylvania. And so you see some uh, environmental connections, ecological connections between these areas. A lot of similar crops can be grown. And, you know, of course, the biggest change we've seen in food over the last, let's say, 200 years is that most of us don't grow or produce our own food anymore, whereas historically we did. And I think food festivals give us an opportunity to reconnect with the food that we eat, that we're not just uh, randomly buying at the store. When you go to a food festival, especially if you're buying food from, um, a local vendor buying food from a local uh, restaurateur, buying food from a local farmer, you are you're building a connection to where that food came from. And that's something that for many of us has been missing for a really long time. And that used to be a central part of our experience with food is that knowing that I, I grew this or my neighbors grew this. And it's an important part of our local economy and our local uh, our local community life. Do you think Pittsburgh's nostalgic nature um, feeds into why food festivals are as big and um, long lasting as they have been in the city. I do, because I do think anywhere that that's part of it. I think that there's a deep historical memory for food festivals among uh, immigrant communities, uh, Mm -hmm. whether we're talking about fifth generation or immediate immigrant communities. If you're coming from in the late 19th century, if you're coming from an area that's steeped in agricultural production, and many immigrants were, because that's where a lot of that immigrant flow came from, or these agricultural areas in the late 19th century, it's uh, provided a sort of continuity. And that's a continuity you pass down to your kids, and then their kids, and their kids. And, you know, again, we are steeped in nostalgia here. And so it also uh, provides us a way to... 
in any sort of diasporic situation, it provides us a way to connect to our our own roots, mm-hmm. even if we're constructing where those roots are. You know, my family came from sort of all over the place, right? I've got Irish ancestry, but also English and German and Swedish. But the ancestry I connect most with is Irish. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, eating corned beef on St. Patrick's Day, um, eating soda bread, those are the kinds of things that sort of connect me uh, in terms of food to my uh, to my Irish ancestry. It's still like a little cold here right now, <laughs> but summer is, you know, or spring, warm weather is around the corner, I should say. Uh, what are some festivals? Yeah, ideally. What are some festivals uh, coming up once the weather warms up that you're looking forward to? So I definitely want to check out, there are Greek food festivals that go on kind of rotating oh, yeah. all the time. And I'd love to hit a Greek food festival. Uh, my favorite is up sort of toward Ambridge. I've gone to that one several times. It's mm, such great. Mm-hmm. And it's a Greek festival, but food is at the center of that. And those are sort of rolling. I think there's one going on this week. So you can always find a Greek food festival yeah. at any time. Um there's uh, always that big one in um, Oakland. Too. Yeah, the, one the big one in Oakland. Through. I haven't mm-hmm. made it down for that one. And that's one that has always been on my radar. And yeah. I've always had some conflict going on. So I might have to just make an effort to look it up ahead of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be a little bit more organized with my festival touring this year. Uh, Taco Fest. Always looking forward to Taco Fest. Um, I like the Food Truck Festival. I think that mm-hmm. one's a lot of fun. Uh, simply because, you know, food trucks are a great way for people to introduce new kinds of cuisines and fusion cuisines um, without having to take the risk of, of getting a physical space. Yeah. And that's such a huge, you know, the the restaurant industry is such a risky industry to, to try and dive into. And so I love a food truck uh, festival. My uh, my family wants to go to Picklesburg. So this may be the year that I that I do it. And I think it would be a fun sort of community That you go event. kicking and screaming. Right. I'll eat some pickles. <laughs> I'm still not drinking pickle moonshine. There's nothing that you can't get me to do to drink that. Um, I will not be participating in the pickle juice drinking competition. Understood. Understood. As we put the uh, the worst of COVID behind us. I hope we'll start to see uh, an even greater food festival culture. And then there are other festivals like the Arts Fest that have food right at their center that aren't explicitly right. food festivals, but wouldn't be the same without food. So I like that too. We'll include links to all of those festivals that <laughs> we've talked about yeah, in our show notes. Julia Hudson-Richards is a food historian. Thank you so much for joining us today, Julia. Thanks for having me. It was great to see everybody again and uh, enjoy your food festivals. Everybody should definitely check out at least one. Yeah, we'll see you out there. A little news before you go. In the wake of the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, a local congressman helped introduce a bill that requires railways to label trains carrying materials that could be dangerous as highly hazardous. It's called the Derail Act, or Decreasing Emergency Railroad Accident Instances Locally. Politicians love an acronym. And it would also require trains carrying these materials to, you know, go slower, have better brakes, and submit additional reports. We talked about this on the pod a few weeks ago. The train that derailed was on its way to Conway, and that's just a few miles north of Pittsburgh city line. Protesters temporarily blocked parts of Penn and 16th Tuesday night, near where a traffic accident last month left a bicyclist in critical condition. The group was led by Bike Jam. They told Pittsburgh City Paper they're frustrated because advocates have been pushing to make this area safer for cyclists for years. 
That's another pod to check out. Armin Sammy is the CEO of Dashcam for Your Bike, which helps cyclists record their rides and save or report anything bad or scary that happens. We'll put a link to that episode and his company in the show notes. And some sad news. Our wonderful host, Morgan Moody, has decided to move on from CityCast Pittsburgh. We'll miss her as the voice of our show, all the amazing conversations she's had, especially her sense of humor. But we're going to be looking for a new host. We'll have a posting up very soon, so stay tuned for that. That's all for us today on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell everyone and send us your favorite food festivals. We'd love to feature them on our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city, so we'll see you then.